0: From our headquarters in New York City, this is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guest this week is Ryan Corbin, a young interior designer who began his career creating stores for fashion brands like Aquazura and Balenciaga. We spoke in front of a lively crowd at the E.J. Victor showroom in the New York Design Center about the difference between fashion and design the future of trade pricing, and why designers should think more like brands. Before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. The next great ideas in style, design, and home. The next business innovations. Your next inspiration. You'll find them all at High Point Market, October 19th through the 23rd, where the next person you meet might be the key to your next success. Get your free pass to High Point Market now at highpointmarket.org and get ready for what's next. And now, on with the show. Ryan Corbin, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with with Ryan Corbin, and and I love that many of you came having, having heard of but might not know the, the full story, and, and some of the crowd who was here were surprised by... Ryan's youth, and how much Ryan has already accomplished in his right in his career. Let's start off our conversation, Ryan, with, with telling the good people here uh, where, where you where you grew up and um, and. You want to start that far back? Well, I mean, I, I want to give people I some this context was be a little, here, a little quicker than that. Well, we <laughs> You know what I love is when the guests say to me, "I'm going to control the uh, the interview." Uh, should we just go straight to questions? Uh, yeah. R- Ryan is so tuckered. He's,
1: he's thinking, so... No, I just had a really long day. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia. Yes. Well, right outside Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I grew up. And you came to New York in about in about 2002. I think it was uh, 2012. Yeah, okay. No, around 2002. Yes, I, I know. came to New York. I know when you came to New York. I'm asking you questions 16. I already know the answer to, I assure you. I came to New York for school. Uh-huh. I, I graduated high school, which was a big accomplishment. I, I did too, <laughs> and I felt the same. Yeah. Now I stopped
0: there. What We're did you do? We're not going to get next? through
1: anything. You realize that, right? We are.
0: This is going really well. Okay.
1: I moved to New York to go to college. Yes. I graduated high school. I grew up in Philadelphia. Yes. And you came. Um, you came
0: to New York to go to to go to Parsons.
1: To go to the new school, the which new school. people don't really know what the difference is, so right. you can call it Parsons, and yes. I'll call it the new school. But okay.
0: I went to the new school, and that won't confuse anyone,
1: I'm sure. Okay. No, not Great. at all. But some people like to lie and say they went to Parsons because it sounds better oh, than New right, School. Right, but right, I'm one of those I people that actually prefers sure. to tell the truth. No, of course So I did. I went to the you New School. You went to the New School. Yes. Yeah. No, good yeah. point. Yeah. Good point.
0: Yeah. What was your first big break? When did you actually start to apply yourself to the craft of what many people today refer to as interior design?
1: Well, I was going to school, and I had originally gone because I wanted to pursue... Uh, more of a theatrical right. career. Mm-hmm. And the new school had a really good theater program. Yeah, If anyone's watched inside the actor's studio, I went to school right underneath there. Every night yes. I had my classes. And then I realized that um, I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really how you felt? You really felt... Yeah, Okay. I didn't have the guts that it took. So anyway, okay. I thought, you know, I have really good taste and like I, I think I can do something with that. At the same time, I had a, a, a very good friend and a, and a peer of mine who was going to Parsons for Design Management, which is sort of like a um, fashion meets business. It was kind of just a fake snobby sure. thing that people took. Yeah, sure. And she was thinking about starting her own shoe line and I said to her, well, you shouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. You know nothing about designing shoes. You should open up a shoe store and let me design it. So I'm very persuasive. And we kind of jokingly, unseriously put together this, this concept for a store and an idea because I had always wanted to do um, retail design. I always was in love with commercial. And, you know, one thing led to another and we found a space we liked and the space kind of turned into let's do a rendering and just send that off to a few brands in Europe and see if anyone responds. And, you know, to our surprise, we started getting, you know, some of the biggest brands in Europe, like Alaya and Valentino and all these big people emailing us back and saying, we'd love you to come to market. I didn't know what that meant. Right. Um, And I guess they were... I realized now they were inviting us to come buy the collection for a store that we didn't have or design because it was just a fake <laughs> rendering. <laughs> right. I found someone on Craigslist to do the rendering in watercolor, but it was sort of all my vision. Yeah. Needless to say, the store came to life and that was sort of the beginning. Um, and it was in Tribeca and a lot of affluent people would come into the store and I was really obsessed with doing commercial space that didn't feel like commercial. So it was sort of set up like a library and there was books everywhere and we had all the shoes kind of you know, thrown about in an unfussy way and a lot of women and people would come in and say, Can you make my you know, I live upstairs in the building. Can you come, you know, do my apartment? I thought, well, I guess, sure, let's try this.
0: And and that was really it. And and so people
1: let you come That was the very, very first note. Yes. Then, you know, it grew from there and I and I had a few other people that I was very close with at the time who asked me to participate and I was lucky enough that I have a very supportive group of close peers and collaborators and friends that we all went to school together and we've all stayed very loyal to each other and so we've all I've been very lucky to be given opportunities, but you still have to rise to the occasion. Well and and you have
0: risen to the occasion.
1: On a good day. <laughs>
0: Well, for, for all of the lack of confidence that you seem to have had about your possible theatrical career, you you seem, uh, from from a very young age, to, to have been uh, surprisingly confident uh, about your ability when you... No? I,
1: I... Well, no, I think I've always been confident in my taste, um, and I know I have a discerning eye, but I'm also insecure because I've never really had The true experience or the formal training. And so I still feel like you need to be a little bit cognizant of that. Right. So um, I come in soft and hard at the same time (laughs) because if I came in too hot without the experience, you know, you might be looked at, you might be looked down on. Yeah. And we don't want that. Do
0: you feel they look down on you, Ryan? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I just always knew I needed strong. People you know architects in the beginning, lighting designers, structural engineers, people around me who really knew what they were doing, and that was the key to me being able to work at the level that I was able to work at so quickly, yeah, because I really didn 't know what I was doing, so when I got my first retail job, I thought I got to find an architect who's who knows the retail world, you know when I got my first residential job, I know I needed someone. So forth. Right. You, 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 get you knew the enough. I,
0: I do. I understand the pattern. And, and you knew enough to know that you needed the people who had the skill sets to, to execute your vision.
1: Well, I have a lot of weaknesses. Um,
0: Tell me about them,
1: right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. So okay. I'd rather bring people in who um, complement those rather than acting like I have all the answers. Sure. But when it comes to. Um, The right color wall, I do have all the answers.
0: Right. Well, so so let's focus there. Let's focus on your strengths. Good, I like that. Yeah, let's focus on that.
1: You've been focusing a lot on my weaknesses lately. (laughs) Well, I I don't want to focus on that
0: anymore, okay? (laughs) We're going to just put those away. Put those weaknesses away. We're going to keep working on them. Well, good for you. But right now, what I want to talk about is where you developed that eye, where you developed that taste, where you developed the confidence that you knew you had the taste level even if you didn't have the education and the and the training to to execute a lot of your vision because you've always been very confident in your sense of style so where'd that come from
1: i mean i think it's something that you're sort of just born with or you're not i mean obviously it i i was born with the love of beautiful things i was born with The love of us, and I was born with an aesthetic, and then I think I also grew up in an environment where I was um, encouraged to explore it, so I think that only helped me refine it even more. And I think those beginning years, um, when I was really fortunate, when I told you when we sent that kind of rendering off and all these big fashion brands called us, to be able to, you know, I hadn't finished college yet, so I was going between classes and, and flying to Paris to go to all these showrooms and kind of seeing the way that these huge brands did things, um, especially during market week and the way they would sell things and put their best foot forward in a space. And so that really helped define a lot of it or at least facilitate a lot of it. Um, And I think that's why I just look at everything from a brand perspective now. So sort of every project I do is sort of a a brand for me, and that's why I've enjoyed so much the commercial work. Not that I don't love the residential, but I think the idea with this collection, if we can bring it back to the furniture, is that... To so this beautiful collection that we're that, we're is that a lot of these here. were pieces that were developed for you know, stores and commercial projects we did that never made it into anyone's home, but so many people loved them. And so the idea was to adapt them to be able to share them for people's homes now. And I know that I'm giving you a long-winded answer, but it was important to bring it back to the product because no. it's all for sale. It's such a great...
0: Yes. And really, that's, you know, that's what this the, is all about. That's the thing, okay? Yeah. Everything yeah. is for sale. Everything is for sale. And it's all about the brand.
1: Correct. Yes. So and like, supporting the yeah. brand. Supporting the brand. <laughs> Through sales channels.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is a man who knows where he wants to go. So, Ryan, you know, let, let's jump ahead and, and let's let's talk about the brand then, okay? Because... You've done a, a, a fascinating mix of residential spaces and, and and these incredible showrooms that you've that you've done for for brands. Some people uh, might be familiar with, might not be familiar with, the showrooms that you've done for Balenciaga. You you have many friends in the fashion world, and you've and you've done showrooms for them. You've also done sort of great big uh, contract. Projects now and Forty Bleecker and yes. The thank you for backing is, me up on that. The
1: address is Forty Bleecker. Yes, and you can buy a one-bedroom Ryan Corbin apartment, or you can buy a five-thousand-square-foot Ryan Corbin penthouse. If you'd like to come see our model units, they will be finished on the twenty-fourth. <laughs> do we do we have a brochure here for the? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So and and Forty Bleecker in a way is is a perfect example. And and so obviously we're we're joking. And as you see, Ryan has no trouble. Uh, uh, Unlike some designers who don't know how to sell themselves, Ryan seems very comfortable in that space. That's not a challenge for him. And No, but my price points are. well. (laughs) We didn't apply the word accessible to Ryan's brand. Yeah, you open this up, Ryan. So we're just going to go right down the middle with this conversation. Okay. Okay? I'm
1: ready for the next question.
0: Okay, good. Because you're actually very focused on your brand. Yeah. Yeah. Without a question. Right. Yeah. So so let's talk about your your notions. As opposed
1: to what? Being well, focused?
0: Well, not every designer is, is focused on building a brand. Oh. Some designers are focused on working on the projects that are before them, be they residential, be oh, they... The jealous. Key- yeah.
1: <laughs> Must be nice.
0: Well... <laughs> Well, you, you've you always had a very different I, I, idea, and I, I say always. At some point, you developed the notion that what was really meaningful to, to you was to develop the, the Corbin brand.
1: Yeah, and I think, like I said, it goes back to just... My experience has always been with brands, so the way that I think is just... I think about everything as a brand, even when I sat down to design 40 Bleeker... You know, you're designing 61 units, and of course you have this whole thing of, you don't want to go too left or too right because, you know, you have to appeal to a broad audience, but at the same time, I really looked at Forty Bleecker as a brand and, and what that meant. And so, you know, design is beautiful and lovely, and I like it, and it's fun, but what's I'm most passionate about is the idea that good design can add value and... That's what I've always found most successful, especially when I was doing stores, the idea that you could you know, add value to a brand by making the store look beautiful and people would consume more within it was great, or the idea that with a project like 40 Bleecker that you know, the, the design of it is, is adding value per square foot, and, and to me, that's, that's what is exciting. You know, it's, it's fun to shop for furniture, but that's not really where, that's not why I get up in the morning
0: so so that's not why you get up in the morning so do you get up in the morning because I get up you,
1: because I'm like oh we're back again <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and does it look just like that when you do it' You're like yeah, every morning oh. like
0: oh, okay oh my god back at it all right yeah you are in the you are in the process of of trying to to navigate where you want to take your career and and part of why you' you've, you've You've spoken in the past about building a, a brand. Is I'm it, deciding yes. how I'm going to navigate. Exactly. I'm not trying. No, you're deciding. <laughs>
1: I'm just
0: kidding. I'm trying the best I can. Uh, don't <laughs> I know it. And and so much of the room is doing the same thing, right? Yeah. So much of the room is trying to figure out what you're trying to figure out, yeah. where where to go with all of this, right? You've, you don't want... People to be necessarily hiring Ryan Corbin every time that you're you're doing a project. It's it's the Corbin Corbin brand,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, I think when you are in a business that is service oriented, um, you either really love that part of it and that's what you thrive on, or you want to leverage the service to go into other areas. And for me, that's always been what I wanted to do. Um, you know, if I have to be servicing people for another decade. It's just going to take everything out of you. <laughs> that's no. I just I want to do different things and I want to explore and I and I, and I want to grow the brand and that's what I've always wanted to do. Um, I love high end service. You know, I I love selling beautiful things and I, and I like that. But I just I want I want more than that. And right, you know what I think is so. um what I'm most proud about what we did is uh, is, is the breadth of our work. That it's, yeah. it's so vast and we've been involved in so many different um, aspects of it from all over. You know, when I, when, I, when I look back at what we've done or I look at the projects we have going on or the people that reach out to us, it's, it's so vast. You know, we're doing a showroom, we're doing a store, we're doing a townhouse, we're doing a, um, a home outside the city, you know, we're doing a men's store, a women's store, we're doing a men, with a men's grooming brand. You know, just so many different things come up. Um, and, and that's what I'm most excited about. So I, I think for me, it, it really was only the only option.
0: Well, and, and I think that's so interesting because I think many interior designers today are trying to figure out how to navigate and, and perhaps how to leverage the talent that they have.
1: You know, I struggled a lot in the beginning in terms of the support from the interior world. I was really lucky that I had so much support with the fashion world. And I struggled because no one knew where to put me. No one really knew kind of where I fit in because I wasn't doing these big homes, but then I was doing these cool, interesting spaces. And, Mm. you know, fashion ate it right up because they're just, you know, they love youth and they love new. And, you know, it wasn't like that when I was, you know, I felt very kind of like I didn't have very many other friends who were interior designers or architects. It was for probably an older, more mature crowd. And so I think my point to all of this was that I never let anything define me. So I think it's been very easy for me to do that. Whereas I can understand if you're the kind of person who's designing homes in Sag Harbor and that's kind of what you become known for. People don't know what to do with you other than look at you for that. So, you know, my work is so vast that people see me in so many different ways, but I can still connect to that because even now when, you know, my aesthetic is so strong, and I think we're in a place where um, what's sort of trending and what's popular are are something that's a little more undone than this and something that's a little bit more weathered and, and every kind of younger designer kind of looks similar and I, I get that look, but you know, I would be doing myself a disservice not to stay true to what it is that I do. So I think... You know, if you are the designer who specializes in one thing, you, you just have to find out how to capitalize on, on what that one thing is. Right. And really just knock it out of the park. Um, but it's an industry where you do get pigeonholed. You know, you really do. And I hear it all the time. It's, it's so frustrating. You know, when you find out you didn't get a job, because, oh, I had someone tell me the other day there was this really big job I wanted really bad and I didn't get it. I'm still pissed. But I'll tell you what they said to me. They said, Oh, we think he's just a little too downtown. And I was thinking, Oh my God, like my 40 bleaker project, everyone's like, This is so fancy and so uptown. So you just, you're never going to be able to win. And I think nowadays with social media and everything else, there's so much out there that I think people are trying to find like the perfect designer for them that's going to hit, you know? And it's just, I know you can't focus on that.
0: We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Our inaugural Future of Home conference was a huge success. If you missed it, you still have an opportunity to explore one of our industry's transformative ideas, subscription furniture, at High Point Market. Get your free pass today at highpointmarket.org and join me, Dennis Scully, for a conversation with Gavin Steinberg and Megan Hopp of the Everset, Saturday, October 19th, at The Point on Commerce. I'll see you there. So earlier you were were talking about sort of... It, 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 it was easier for you to find your way in, in the, in the fashion world. Oh yeah. Right. Well, and when
1: I started the, the, the home space didn't really like young people, but now that's changed. Everyone likes young people. But <laughs> fashion was like, you know, you could be like a 20, 19 year old kid who just started something and fashion would go crazy, you know, right in the, in the, in the design space. It was sort of like, well, cause you can't really get, you can't really get a chance. Can you? Because you need to have a project that you can get out there. And there wasn't Instagram at the time. So who's going to say, oh, let's take this 21-year-old kid and let him design my $4 million apartment? No one's going to do that. But now, with social media and everything else, you could just put your own stuff up. It wasn't like that when I was starting out. So I didn't have the palatial homes that anybody wanted. But, you know, I had the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and Vogue and all these things come up to my studio apartment above a bar in Tribeca and inside of it was just like this crazy weird wonderland and you know it wasn't for the home space but it was for everybody else and and people got it and people understood well, it Well, I was Good. realistic about it. I think that's the other thing. You have to be realistic about it. I'm not going to go to, you know, a magazine that only publishes palatial homes in East Hampton knowing that I have a dump above a bar. But, you know, <laughs> I thought my dump was cool. I thought I had a story. <laughs> So I thought, you know, fashion will think this is cool. Yeah, But I think that's all changed. That's why I think it's so great. I, I love what's happening at home right now. I'm really excited. There's so many young designers. I love seeing some of the bigger publications publish these young designers and, you know, find space for them and, and doing subcategories and, you know, magazines, starting their digital platforms where maybe the younger projects can fit. You know, if I had had that, oof, oof, I'd be rich, so rich right now. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> so, so they've embraced you at last. You're you're on the AD 100 list. You're on the L Decor A list. You're you're you're, yeah, you're pretty some established. Some years you're on, some
1: years you're off. But what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, certainly it seems as if the home world as as I have accepted. experienced all of it, and I've experienced not all of it, and I'm so grateful. I've had so many amazing people support me, and you know, it's it's great when it's happening, and it's also great when it's not. I had incredible projects when I have never published in one magazine in the home space, and. I was working on some of the most amazing projects in Europe and had never even been in the pages of any of those things. Yeah. So it's great both ways. Right. It's it's always an honor. So I don't want to say that it doesn't matter. And I've been supported by so many people that I respect so much. Right. And I have nothing but respect for them and and admiration. But I just think it shouldn't be your focus. Yeah. Because it was really never my focus, so...
0: No, and and it and it seems as if more your your focus, as as you were saying earlier, is is really delivering value on on some of these projects that you're working on, and so that you can further those relationships. And and forty bleaker, uh, well, so
1: that I can negotiate my contract harder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and 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 that's you as a as a as a business person, and that was where I was going earlier with with you thinking differently about just being a, a, a designer, and and I think that what what I'm trying to get to is that I think you represent someone who can present another path for many of the designers. hundred percent. I think
1: what a lot of people get hung up on in this industry, especially as young designers, there's only two ways to make money and that's by, um, you know, your time and then a percentage of what you sell. And I think it's uh, more in such a unique time. And I've always felt this way that someone who works in aesthetics or design. There's so many other ways to and avenues to grow and to make cash flow, and that you don't have to kind of just be stuck in that. You know, you're gonna get a percentage of sales, and you're gonna and you're gonna get this in your time because you only have so much. So I think there's, I think it's like a, I think it's a really good time for creative people because I think if you're smart about it, there's a lot of different avenues um, to be able to to figure out how to make something lucrative, and it, it doesn't have to just be from the traditional way that people are used to working
0: well and and that's exactly where i wanted to go with this because i think that we are living in a time right now i learned it the hard way
1: well exactly but through through experience when i really realized it and then i'll let you finish that point okay god bless you for that that. i had done a store concept that i really really loved and i thought i was getting paid so much money i was so excited And I did this store concept and I loved it and it was beautiful. And then, you know, like I started seeing it opening up all over. <laughs> and then I'd see one in Asia and I'd see one in Europe and I saw one inside department stores. I was like, oh, my God, that's my work. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I think someone said to me, well, are you getting paid for all this? And I thought, oh, no, I didn't yeah. think about that because I was so young. So I think, you know, that's when I first realized, you know, I, oof, I could have been smarter <laughs> about the way that that right. worked but you know you're, you're, you're young, young you're just excited of, of to be course. working so you know, you know realizing like oh you know I could have had some sort of thing where each one they opened I could have got something you know right. but you're just so you learn the hard way
0: yes but you did learn oh I learned
1: <laughs> exactly the next door I did they didn't open a second third or fourth because they knew they would have to pay <laughs> they knew
0: <laughs> but the point is you're much more in the driver's seat now
1: I'm in a really great car, but I, I think I might be in the back seat.
0: But you're working your way towards the front.
1: No, I, I'm in a really nice car, and it's like it's, it's going to the future. Yeah. And it's modern, and it's cool. Right. But I would prefer someone to be in the front. Okay. okay. And the passenger. I'm fine in the back. You're fine in the back. But i I, I got to be in the car, though. Right.
0: So you're in the car, and you're going towards the future. Yeah.
1: But and someone's driving, right. and someone's in the passenger seat, I'm okay. in the back. It's not like I'm in another car following it. I'm in the
0: car. No, 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 you're in the lead car.
1: You understand? Let, I mean, let's okay. establish
0: that. You're in the lead car, and it's headed towards the future. My point is, Ryan, you represent for many of our listeners and many of the people in this room, an example of somebody who is recognizing that designers, people who have been... Fortunate enough to have your talent, you you seem to think it's some gene that you were born with. I, I don't believe that, but I'll I'll let you think that if you if you want to. Like being gay. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Designers designers have have an opportunity to, today like never before, perhaps, yeah. to, to take a greater control of some of this process. And and you are you are an example of of somebody who is uh, applying himself to to figuring that
1: out i like that i wish if there's one change that i wish would happen because i'm really happy with the changes have been happening in the design world is that if people would look at designers more um the way that the fashion world looks at, at fashion designers like 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 business people who can go into different fields i think um i think fashion focuses on the clothing of course and the collections but i think there's also just as big of a focus on um how they can grow that brand and, and how they can go into different fields and and how they can optimize their business. Whereas in interior design, they really just are focused on that designer's next project. You know, like how can I get that project from that designer so I can publish it and do this? It's not really about growing the the interior designer or the architect as, as a business and a brand. Yeah. You know, there's not, where that's what I wish would kind of shift. It's sort of like what project are you working on? What project are you working on? What project are you working on? You know, and people are talking about designers' collections season after season, but they're also talking a lot about what else they have going on and how they're growing and what else they're going into. Right. So I, I think we need to shift that a little bit and, and think about how to to focus more on that. You know, I know people talk, oh, this designer started a lighting line or a furniture line, but that's really all. You know, it's not really. We don't really look at them. As businesses, I think. Sure. We don't really look at
0: them as businesses that might be doing any number of things, right? So they might be doing some projects, sure, because you're always working on, on something. You might also be doing a furniture collection with EJ Victor or a beautiful lighting line with Nearman Weeks. All for sale. All, <laughs> but that could be just part of what you're, part of what the Corbin brand is doing. And your point...
1: For sure. Right? Yeah. What other things would you like to be doing? I want to get more into real estate I've liked this world I'm really good at it I've done a great first project and so I want to just I don't you know I want to I I conquered the fashion thing I want want to conquer that and then I know what I want to move on to next if it comes sooner that will be great okay but I think um, just because you do I, I want to keep in the development world a little bit more I'm really enjoying it, so it'd be great to get another stab at it. So, and, and how has the response been, all joking aside? How has the response been to I wasn't joking to Forty when Blaker. I told you. No, no. That was all serious. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I know. I don't joke about that no, stuff. No, not you. It's been amazing.
0: Well, so you, you sent your developer a copy of the book with the project on the cover?
1: Yeah, it's really right? funny because I first suggested the cover... Uh, with my publisher at Rizzoli, and they said, no, you know, we can't put a commercial space on the cover of your book. We need a residential space. That's what people respond to. So oh. I said, I'm going to wait another two meetings, because if I wait another two meetings, they don't remember anything from the first meeting. And so I slipped in the picture. I said, what about this living room? Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from the project. And I told my developer, I said, yeah. this is a gift for you, even though it was the best picture for the book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also sort of suggested, okay, so here's this beautiful cover of my book with your project. Where's my next development project? Yeah. That was
1: expected. Yeah.
0: So, so real estate is an area that you want to get more deeply into.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. and
0: and you see that as as possibly being meaningfully remunerative for you.
1: Yeah, I just think it was such a rewarding experience to be able to sell somebody. You know, it was just a, such a strange feeling. We sold two of the penthouses and then we had some really high, high profile actors and actresses coming to look, you know, putting on the hard hat and going to your job site and walking around like the bones of what you've done and you know, it's just it's crazy to think that you're selling someone an eleven million dollar like Corbin product, you know, and, and it it was just it wasn't about the furniture and it wasn't about anything else other than, you know, I, I put the most importance on th- the things that I felt people would be interacting with every day. So for me, the medicine cabinets became like this agonizing thing that I fought with my developer on over and over again because... The I developer
0: just, did mention you in the medicine cabinets and, oh, and how
1: important it was to you. Well, because I thought it's the first thing you touch before you go to bed and it's the first thing you wake up and touch and if this thing is not fucking amazing, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Sorry, I get really heated over the medicine cabinet. No, uh, obviously. Um, they but, need frontal lighting. No one wants lighting overhead. It's just like, you know, if I can sell someone a product where they, they love the way they look every time they go into the medicine cabinet, hello. Right. That's money. Yeah. Unfortunately, none. it all goes to the developer. None of it goes to me, but... For now, no. But, but, but that's why I like that world so much because you're right. really Im- impacting people's day to day lives and all the things that I've you know gone into new construction and been so upset about. I I, I want to change for this, so it was really exciting to be able to do that. I, I I think it's
0: a I think it's an interesting model. Have you have you got the website together? Had the e-commerce is that is that together? Can I
1: pass that question off to somebody else? Okay. <laughs> well, because I mean I, I we're we're nearly there, but it's um, when it launches it will be great and we're going to keep growing it and it's going to be a really huge part of what we're doing and I'm, we're hoping that's where the whole universe is going to live and all of it will have a price tag. Everything, Everything price will be able to for be you, Ryan.
0: placed into a cart. That, that's Ryan's fantasy is that Ryan will be sitting here and you will all be at home putting things in Ryan's cart <laughs> and then pressing order. Am I, am I right about that, Ryan? We just got to get the price point right. Yes.
1: Do you... Do you care about trade pricing versus retail pricing? Yes, I think we need to look at that. We've already looked at that. You know, it's a new day. You know, it's, it's, it's. It is what it is. I love the trade. I care about the trade, but also I got to be direct to consumer too. I have a big following, and I want to be able to sell to everybody. Um, and spending my whole day figuring out pricing is just not efficient. Um, I don't want to trick anyone. I don't want anyone to feel like they're being overcharged. But you know, we gotta we gotta figure this out together. Couldn't, and, couldn't agree more. Yeah, gotta figure this out. I'm together. gonna I'm gonna you know do what I think is right and hope that people follow the lead, knowing that you know. I might not make everyone 1,000% happy, but if I can please the trade a little bit and I can please the direct consumer a little bit and I can really please myself, then, then we're all going to win. Right. But the jig is up. P- people know. That's the point. People know what things cost. Right. So, sorry. So we got to get out of Cats our out of way the bag. with this, right? right? Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's hurry up.
0: Exactly. Because Let, you're losing customers. Right. Let's move on with this, right? Because the pricing thing, it can't be getting in the way.
1: It's just transparency. People are smart. Transparency, yeah,
0: that's what we need, and that's what Corbin. No, done.
1: there is transparency. Yes. So if we think that there's not, you're just fooling yourself. Right. You know, you're- like those funny, those funny codes on the fabrics when you're in the showroom. Oh, everyone knows what the codes mean. <laughs> all my clients are like, what's with the fake code? Yeah. I'm like, how'd you get into that showroom? <laughs> just walked right in. Yeah. But anyway, all joking aside, I mean everything I said. No, I. I know, and,
0: and and that's a and that's a really. And important if the point.
1: younger designers would realize that there's other ways to make money, then they wouldn't have to rely on all their income being from a thirty percent markup, and they could be happy with a ten or fifteen percent markup. Well, there you go. Amen. Okay.
0: Well, it, w- with that, will you please join me in thanking our guest, Ryan Corbin? Thanking you. Thank you, Ryan. No, thank you. No, thank you. Really. Before we go, a personal word of thanks to everyone who helped make our inaugural Future of Home conference such a success. So many of our podcast listeners turned out for the conference, and I'm incredibly grateful. I had a chance to meet many of you, and perhaps I'll get to see even more of you at High Point. I hope so. Thank you again for listening. If you're enjoying these conversations, I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with a friend or heading over to the iTunes store to leave us a review helps others to discover the show we love your feedback please give us your thoughts at podcast at our show was produced by fred nicolaus and lauren pirelli and i'm dennis scully we'll see you next week